0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 49, called the Second Servant Psalm.
1: This is the message of salvation in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 49. And Jesus is the covenant. The new covenant is in his blood, 1 Corinthians 11.25. He says to those now exiles who are in Babylon, we're gonna see some near-far fulfillments here in God's word. Isaiah 49, verse nine says, saying to those who are bound, go forth. Now this immediate context is to the Babylonian captives, and God says to them, uh, through the servant, to those of you who are bound, 49.9, go forth. Be free. If you are bound tonight by something, the call from God to you is, go forth. Be free. Get out of there. And stay out of there. But do you know of the captives of Babylon, do you know there was only a small percentage of those Jewish people who returned to their homeland? Most of the people had become comfortable in Babylon and they stayed there. And God ushered a call, and maybe this call is to you tonight. He said to the bound, Go forth. He said to those who are in darkness, Show yourselves. Get out of the darkness, get into the light. And along the roads, if you get out, if you go forth, you'll be well fed. Don't worry about it. Just get out of there and their pasture will be on the bare heights. Sometimes we say, Lord, I don't want to go forth from that sin, from that darkness, because I don't know what's going to happen to me out there in the light. I'll be exposed. I'm not sure, you know, how I'll be fed or how I will be satisfied. And God says, I will take care of you. Get out of there. And man, I've had some moments in my life, brothers and sisters, where as close to an audible voice as I could explain to you, God said to me, Michael, I want that chain gone from your life. I said, but Lord, I like the way it rattles. Right? And I always think of the uh, the Scrooge story, where Jacob Marley shows up and You know, he's got that huge chain. And remember, I bear the chain that I forged in life. I made it link by link. And your chain, Ebenezer, was this long seven Christmases ago. And that's when you say to someone who's visited you by the grace of God, sit down, let's talk a while. I'd like to know how not to carry that chain for all eternity. And they will not hunger or thirst. See, when you go forth, there's a promise. Get out of Babylon, and you won't be hungry anymore. I'll satisfy you. You won't be thirsty anymore. Neither will the scorching heat or the sun strike you down. For he who has compassion on them, and God is compassionate. He's the Father of mercies, God of compassion. He will lead them. And he will guide them to the springs of, of water, write down in your Bible or your notes Revelation seven, fifteen through seventeen. You'll see a very similar description where people are in heaven. They've gone through the great tribulation, and the shepherd leads them to the springs of water, and spreads his tabernacle over them. And I will make verse eleven all my mountains a road. I'll smooth out the rough places so it'll be easier for you to go home. My highways will be raised up. Behold, these shall, these shall come from afar. I think speaking of the captives now and the Jews who will return. Lo, these will come forth from the north. So this will spread out to uh, uh, other uh, times when Israel returned back to the land from the north, from the west. And these from the land of Sinim. You may have Aswan if you have the NIV. It's southern frontier of ancient Egypt. And then a shout for all that God will do. Shout for joy, 13, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Break forth into joyful shouting, O mountains. The the uh, creation is told to start praising the Lord, the heavens, the earth, the mountains. Uh, Writing down in your notes Romans 8, 19 through 21 where creation's personified and it will rejoice at the revealing of the sons of God. Shout, don't be afraid to Shout. For the Lord, people shout for all kinds of things. Shout, shout, rejoice, break forth into joyful shouting. For the Lord, look at verse 13, latter half, has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. And the captives who receive the word had this famous word in the vocabulary. After all these promises, after the shadowy shadowy figure of the servant comes forth, after the promises, they said, but, look at verse 14. Yeah, but. And now the nation is not called Israel, it's called Zion, which most would agree is the captives there in Babylon. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. You can make all the promises you want, but here I am in Babylon, and I just know that the Lord has forsaken me. And this was something that they said at the end of Isaiah 40. The Lord doesn't understand my plight, and the Lord has forgotten me. Have you ever said that before? We probably all have. We may not have put that in that kind of sentence, but we probably have. Probably said, Lord, where are you? Have you forgotten me? And the truth is, and I'm quoting another writer, God has not forgotten us. We forget him. You see, he can't forget us, and he's gonna drive the point home, and this is just so beautiful. He says, look at 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child. Can you imagine a mama? We have a lot of new babies around Living Truth. Can you imagine a nursing mother who just forgot about her child? You say, that would be an extremely rare case. I suppose it could happen. But can you imagine the bond, the tightness, the dependency, the intimacy and relationship that's being developed in those early months with mama and child as the child gets its uh, comfort and, and, and uh, nourishment from mom and everything is interdependent. And God says, can a, can a woman forget her nursing child? Can she have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even they, now God says, okay, some of you are gonna take the extreme case and say, yeah, some people do do it. Some people leave the babies on the stairs of the church or the the police station. They do do that. I know there's other countries where there's 30 babies in a room. We've heard these stories in Europe and other places. And those babies have been left by their mothers because they can't handle it. And God says, even if they might forget, I will not forget you. And he used probably the most extreme human example and then said, and even if they could do that, and that would be appalling, I think, to us, I will not forget you. Behold, 16, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Writers speculate on what that means they, some look at it and they say, well, there was the breastplate of the high priest. And they say the names of the tribes were inscribed and they were close to his heart on the different precious stones of his breastplate. And maybe that's what God means. And some have said, no, it it could mean, it could have an image of the outstretched arms of God and how Zion or Israel's written But it says, it's written on the palms of his hands. And when you think about the crucifixion, brothers and sisters, you realize that when he was crucified, the nail uh, wouldn't have gone through his hand because his hand would have just ripped. The nail actually went through his palm area or probably more precisely, right? In his wrist and palm. And when those nails went through his hands and he bore the nail prints in his hands, those were the marks of love. You could say that your name, was written there. Your name is inscribed on the palms of my hands. Your name is in His book of life. And then He says, "Your walls are continually before Me." This could be that His His heart and mind are on the walls of Jerusalem. God, uh, the most simple, simple and profound way I can say it is: God loves you. He's inscribed you on the very palms of his hands. I'm a guy, so sometimes when I'm trying to remember something, I write something on my hand. Anybody do that? I do that sometimes. It's something, it has to be something really important because I'm not going to put ink on my hand for any little thing. But if it's really important and I fail to recall it a number of different times, I may inscribe it on my hand. And I might say, don't forget to buy the bread. But I wouldn't write that much. I'd just say bread. Or for those of you who are not so great with dates, you might try to be trying to remember an anniversary or a birthday and you might say, so-and-so's birthday. Uh, some of you may need to put the sticky note on your forehead. But God says, you know what? Every time I look at my hands, you're there. I will not forget you. That's an amazing promise. Your builders hurry, your destroyers and devastators will depart from you. Everything that threatened you will go away. Lift up your eyes, 18, look around. All of them gather together, they come to you. You might be wondering is this all true, the salvation, the family? And the Lord puts it on his very name, on his very life. He says, as I live, because he can't swear by anybody greater than
0: himself. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen
1: to with our mini shows A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly, that lends to its credibility Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased, uh, regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity, or attempt to be objective, is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes, and and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles, who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, they say... The, the women have lost their minds to paraphrase they do they're just crazy tales they they don't believe it which is another embarrassment yeah. because of course the the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear but the the way that it, this is written down and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened is that they don't believe They have no faith. To listen to the Walk In Truth minisodes a step closer, follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk In Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: Puts it on his very name, on his very life. He says, as I live, because he can't swear by anybody greater than himself, middle of 18, declares the Lord, you shall surely put on all of them as jewels and bind them on as a bride. God saying, look, your son's NIV are going to be gathered to you. Israel is going to return. There is going to be fullness of salvation, 19, for your waste and desolate or childless places and your destroyed land. Remember, the, the temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Surely now, get this, you will be too cramped for the inhabitants and those who swallowed you will be far away. The children, 20, of whom you were bereaved will yet say in your ears, The place is too cramped for me. Make room for me that I may live here. And this is a picture of the regathering of the nation of Israel. Did you know from the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70 until the return of the Jews in 1947, the recapture of Jerusalem in 1965, Israel was a desolated land. War after war, army after army marched through there. When they actually got back into Israel in 1947. They actually had to drain the swamps in Israel. The land, nobody wanted to buy any land in Israel. It was absolutely worthless land. And people bought it up, and now they're sitting pretty because that land has blossomed again. And I think they're the number two uh, or three exporter of fruit and vegetables, get this, in the world today. They're such a... uh, Hardworking, industrious people. They are uh, at the top in computer technology now. This little sliver of land in the Middle East has budded and blossomed again. God has called them back. And if you ever go there on a feast day to Israel, you will find that it's a pretty cramped area because it's a pretty small area. And one day, and this could be looking forward now to the New Jerusalem, it's gonna be filled with people, cramped. People are gonna say, It's too small. Gotta make it bigger. Some of us can relate to that right here in our own context on certain Sundays. As you sit down, sit out in the foyer looking at that monitor saying, this place is too small, right? Cramped, well, that's okay. It's good. Then you will say in your heart, 21, who has begotten these for me? Where where did this, where did these people come from? since I have been bereaved of my children and am barren and exile and a wanderer. And who has reared these? Behold, I was left alone. See if this sounds familiar to you. From where did these come? Where did all these people come from? This used to be a, a desolated land and now there's a bunch of people here. I'm gonna take you to it in a moment, but we're gonna finish the chapter. Thus says the Lord God, 22, behold, I will lift up my hand in an oath to the nations, set up my standard or banner to the people, and they will bring your sons in their bosom and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders. And kings will be your guardians and their princesses, your nurses. They will bow down uh, to you with their faces to the earth as they come. They will lick the dust of your feet. Wow. And you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hopefully wait for me will not be put to shame. Those who wait for the Lord will, what? Renew their strength. Can the prey, and Israel probably asking the question again, can the prey be taken from the mighty man? Can Israel be taken from Babylon? Or the captives from a tyrant be rescued? Can it really happen? Is it too good to be true? And God says, surely, thus says the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued for I will contend with the one who contends with you and I will save your sons. And the Philippian jailer says to Paul and I think Silas, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And a little later, the Philippian jailer was baptized, he and his household. And I will feed your oppressors, those who oppress you, just in case you wondered if I can do this with their own flesh. Cannibalism sometimes happened when uh, an army was being starved out by a dominant army. They will become, become drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine, and all flesh will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Goel, your Redeemer, I am the mighty one of Jacob. Go to Revelation 7 and we'll be done. It reminds me that some of us think, man, can we be saved from this tempter and enemy, this adversary? Can I be pulled from the wreckage? Can I be saved? And the answer is yes. That's what the cross is all about. The cross is all about God rescuing you you rescuing you from the teeth of a lion who seeks to devour, and he's been defanged. In Revelation 7, John is in heaven. And here's what the scripture says. There's a group of people singing, verse 10, and they were crying out with a loud voice, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, there's the Messiah, all the angels stood around, Uh, They said, salvation belongs to our God uh, and to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, verse 11. The elders, the four living creatures, fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. Then one of the elders answered and said to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Look at verse 9, chapter 7. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which what? No one could number or count. Where did all these people come from? And they are from all nations. Tribes, peoples, and tongues. They're standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They're clothed in white robes. And those are the ones who sing. And their number is innumerable. And right there in Isaiah 49, you've got some hints to Revelation 7, 21 and 22. And all this promise of the salvation of God goes out. And one day we're going to see people, get this, from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. we were out at the park on the National Day of Prayer, I looked out and saw, you know, however many churches were out there, and I thought, this is pretty cool. You know, a bunch of churches have come together on the National Day of Prayer. This gives me hope. But in heaven, you're going to be going, wow, you're a brother from there, and you're a sister from over there. You thought you wanted to talk to Moses and other people. You will. But you also are going to get to talk to people who lived in these regions That maybe you never got a chance to visit but you. And apparently we're going to be all speaking the same language. And the language of heaven will be praises to our God. And some cool things ahead.
0: You've been listening to The Second Servant Song, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 49. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Hey, we love to connect with our listeners. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, these four incredible servant songs in the book of Isaiah point us to the ultimate servant. The one who said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. His name, of course, is Jesus. And in Isaiah chapter 50, which is coming next here on Walk in Truth, he's going to say these incredibly powerful words. Isaiah 50 verse 4, the Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He has a way of sustaining us with a word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, you know, he spoke words of life. And the the scriptures are words of life to us. And I pray that as you tune in and tell a friend about what you're hearing, Isaiah 50 will be a blessing to you as we walk through the book of Isaiah together. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And we're so glad you're walking through the book of Isaiah with us. We're going to be tackling Isaiah 50 tomorrow. There's a couple of different ways that you could reach out to us if you need our help in any way. Send prayer requests at contact at walkintruth.com. That's an email address. Maybe you, should, you could share your story or how the program's been a blessing to you. Email us at contact at walkintruth.com. Now, if you'd like to talk to a pastor, nine to four, Tuesday through Friday Pacific time, pastors are available At 844-48-TRUTH, that's 844-48-TRUTH. We have had uh, many listeners take advantage of that line, call in, encourage us, and also we got to pray, and just to get to know uh, our listeners better, 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, so glad you're listening. We'll see you right here tomorrow for a word to sustain the weary. See you then.
0: And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. Whether you can give financially or not, would you please spread the word about Walk in Truth in your community? Tell a couple people to either listen on this station or find Walk in Truth on their podcast app. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 50 with A Word to Sustain the weary. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.